to welcome to another episode of the cool tools show and tell our special guest this week is mike harris hey mike would you like to introduce yourself to our audience uh hi uh so yeah i'm uh i'm mike uh been uh, doing tech and the internet since uh actually before the internet i was on bbs's as a kid um and uh have always just been kind of intrigued by the uh kind of the way that you know the internet lets you, uh lets you share brains with everyone else shares good ideas it you know for good or for uh bad it's kind of sped up communication and made it more global and um it's had its bad effects but it's had some pretty groovy effects too so uh, overall on the crow <laughs> well welcome mike i think we can all agree that sharing tools is a really plus in the world so thank you for taking yeah. time to share some tools tell us um what one of your favorite tools are sure uh well the first one i thought i'd, I'd start off with uh something simple and pretty familiar uh and that is i've got a fidget cube here um uh this is actually the original one uh uh Let's get and this. so it's you're holding up uh, it's yes. like a square cube black. It has some buttons on it. It's about the size of uh, I don't know a golf ball. Let's say approximately in scale. I'd agree, uh, and it it's got various different services. Uh, it's you know uh, got an indentation here, a uh, a light switch kind of thing, a uh, almost sort of a joystick. Uh, various buttons uh, of various tensile strengths and uh and so on and so on but so there's, there's six sides and each side of this cube has something you can fidget with correct yeah and what i found particularly uh a side effect that i found particularly useful is I, i've recently been diagnosed with adhd and uh which is something i knew for most of my life anyway but uh, it means I have a lot of nervous energy and sometimes have problems focusing. But I find that if I uh, divert it into uh, fidgeting with this cube mm -hmm. while I'm talking otherwise, uh, it sort of kind of frees up my mind to focus. It's an outlet uh, for the energy, but that secondary um, thing that I don't know if many people have realized is that it does kind of, by giving an exit for the energy, it helps you kind of focus better. Hmm. Um, you know. So in addition to doing using it while you're talking, do you find that you also find it useful while you're working and trying to concentrate? Uh, definitely. Um, you know, if, if I'm, of course, if I'm typing or something, I, I can't quite do both, but um, uh, it definitely helps me kind of uh, just focus the higher order thinking uh, by providing an outlet for that distraction. Right. of the excess energy so you mentioned that this black cube was one of the original fidget um, toys or devices do you find that it makes much difference what it is it use there are many kind these days including the spinners and stuff so is this one better than other fidget um devices uh in my opinion yeah i mean i'm sure it's a matter of taste but uh my understanding is the folks at uh uh Ant, Antsy, A-N-T-S-Y, uh, labs were the people to originally come up with the idea. Uh, and, uh, for me, you know, when I order from them, it's usually kind of, uh, durable. 
it doesn't fall apart as easy. It doesn't, uh, you know, I can kind of make it, you know, I can really kind of give it a workout if I need to without feeling like it's going to fall apart. And have you tried other varieties of ones from them? Uh, from ANSI, no, but uh, I, I definitely do have other cubes. Uh, you, you know, there's a one that's made out of a sort of a golden brass, which is interesting. And it's all sort of mechanical gears that uh, interact and spin. It's it's kind of a fidget spinner, but it's uh, also sort of a cube, too. Mm-hmm. And but so in your limited experience in trying these out, you, you think this this black cube one is the is the best? Um, well, it comes in different colors, uh, depending on, on your, uh, preference, but yeah, this model, this original one, I, I just find it's, uh, you know, if, if you're going to give these things a workout, you want it to hold up. So, and, and, and what, what is it called again? Uh, it's, uh, the, the company is ANSI, A-N-T-S-Y, and, uh, I believe it's just called the Fidget Cube. The Fidget Cube. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'd not seen one of those. I'd seen the spinners and other little devices, but it hadn't yet seen a cube. So that's pretty, pretty nice. It's kind of, uh, if you go to the site, uh, there's, they've even got them for kids in like Superman's colors or Batman and so on and so on. Excuse me. So, um, so Mike, what's, uh, what's another, um, one of your favorite tools these days? Well, uh, one, and I can, uh, share my screen with you if you like, but, uh, I go to, uh, I find that mynoise.net is a really uh, an amazing site, uh, both for focus and honestly just for enjoying. Uh, mynoise.com. Okay, if you can share your screen. Sure. And, for those uh, who are watching, um, you'll see it. But for those who are listening, um, you know, we're at a website and it says my noise, and there is um, three categories. Looks like. Noises or sounds for focus and productivity, meditation and relaxation, and sleeping aids. In all honesty, this is actually just kind of their best hits. Uh, and also, just to correct real quick, it's actually uh, mynoise.net, uh, uh, just so that uh, people wind up on the right website. But uh, I've just clicked through to uh, to the actually to their index and. Uh, you know, to, to read all of these out, you know, we'd be here a few hours, but. Right. But you uh, have categories like natural noises, landscape noises, ambient noise, like autumn walk, I guess, walking through leaves, sounds of uh, crickets, that kind of a thing. Exactly. As well as, you know, fantasy backgrounds in case you're, uh, for example, playing D and D or Gregorian chants. Uh, right. And uh, the thing that I find kind of amazing is that um, largely on his own, although with some volunteers, uh, this person has mostly uh, gone to various places across the world and uh, done recordings um, uh, himself with high uh, quality audio equipment. Um, And what's kind of uh, additionally rather cool is if I can just demonstrate this real quick. Uh, let's see, let me find a good example. So for example, uh, I'm clicking right now on something called a Japanese garden. And 
forgive me for a moment. I'm going to try to make sure the volume doesn't overpower the interview. But with almost every single uh, sound machine that you go to, uh, you've got all of these customizations, which must have been an incredible amount of work by this guy. But, you know, for example, if you've got the sound of cicadas, if they're bothering you, you can bring down that slider. Um, they're all different got... tracks. Everything's been recorded on a multi-track. Exactly. You've and, got. And, uh... and do you think these are actual recordings or are these, as you said, these are machines, are these being generated in some fashion? My understanding is they're actual recordings, at least uh, if you dig into the bio on the website. There's even um, photographs of him in certain locations getting the recordings. It's uh, pretty admirable, in my opinion. So I don't really hear anything right now. As Maybe oh. you can turn them up. Um, do uh, can I ask if at this point you're hearing anything? No. Okay. Uh, let's see if there's a, uh, um, but, uh, presumably, and, and is this for sure like on a loop or does it automatically loop on or do they go for a certain length and stop or how, how does that work? I have to admit, I don't know the mechanics of it, but I but do I mean, know that um, I've had them. It, it's, it's endless. It just runs as long as you want, right? Exactly. And I've never heard, uh, a distinct loop. Uh, you know, so if he has it looping, it's pretty uh, well disguised. Yeah. Well, maybe he has different parts of it looping at different speeds so you don't notice it. Um, so, uh, well, that's really great. So what's the economics on this? Is this a subscription? Is it a free trial or how does this work? Believe it or not, it's kind of donation based. Uh, wow. You know, he's mostly giving it away for free. Okay. Um, there, um, uh, there are places where uh, I'm, uh, you can buy, quote, credits, uh, and he can, like, for example, provide you with an MP3 of, uh, you, you know, if you have a particular track you like. Uh, and, and one is, thing I, this... I do want to note that's... Go ahead. Oh, uh, just one thing I wanted to kind of note that is kind of... Uh, Ex particularly nice as an extra is once you get something uh, just the way you like it, you can click on this save as URL or you can save it as a cookie and uh, bookmark the URL so that you don't have to make the adjustments every time you visit. Uh, okay, that's cool. And this is a web-based thing, so it's not really a separate app. You would open up your browser on your phone or your desktop to run it is that right or is there an app version as well oh you might have lost him let's see on my end um i'm sorry but i think what you asked is uh whether yeah you, you cut out for a second could you just um i was asking about whether or not uh, this is a web-based primarily or do you use an app Oh, uh, it is primarily web-based, but they do also have an Android app, and I think an iPhone app as well. Okay. Um, okay, you can unshare again. Um, welcome back. And uh, that's mynoise.net. So it's sort of like, I guess, 
people would use it instead of listening to music, they'd just sort of put it on while they're working or sleeping. Is that the idea? Or driving, maybe? Uh, yeah. Uh, the thing that I particularly like is that they've got some uh, synthetic profiles, such as uh, I, I work in an open plan office, and people like to talk around me a lot, uh, kind of the nature of the biz. But uh, they've got something called ultra-wide noise, uh, and it's so loud a, a white noise spectrum that it pretty much blocks any talking, lets me focus on my work. So uh, there's a lot of different things that kind of uh, can help focus. Okay. So you use it as a, as a way of helping you to focus. That's really great. Um, are there other, uh, other similar sites like this, other kind of music or background sites out? And how does it compare to, to these others? Have you kind of, did you do any research about this for yourself? So, uh, forgive me, uh, I, I'm again experiencing a little breakup. Uh, yeah. um, but I, was, I was asking about whether or not um, there are other competing sound sites or sound services or sounds apps out there and whether and how this would compare to some of those. Oh, well, yeah, definitely there's, you know, a, a large number of people, um, you know, different places there's also a lot of uh what they call single serving websites where you know you can maybe go for coffee house sounds or so on but i, I kind of find uh you can tell that this is a passion project for this guy he really has done added a lot of features and various things and all for free uh that you don't find in those websites and it's also a little bit more uh completist it's you know, kind of one-stop shopping, so to speak, except you don't really have to pay money shopping, right. you know. Right. Okay. Great. Okay, that's a great find. So, Mike, tell me another um, one of your tool favorites. Uh, well, uh, one big thing, and I'm sorry I can't uh, share my screen on it, but uh, uh, InnoReader uh, is uh, it's basically uh, kind of like the old Google Reader site, but on steroids. It's it's really well done. Um, it's, uh, you, you know... You mean, they RS, have, you mean RSS Reader? Exactly, yes. Okay. Um, it, it starts with RSS, but they've also um, kind of built some technologies that let you monitor web pages that don't have RSS feeds mm. and kind of uh, construct your own. Mm -hmm. And also, much like uh, Gmail and other email programs that we've gotten used to, uh, they've got filters and rules that you can apply so that you don't need to necessarily be bothered by, um, you know, let's say someone you like to follow um, posts, uh, uh, hints for a, a Wordle or something like that mm -hmm. every day, and you're just not interested in those. You can filter them out once and never bother with them again. Mm -hmm. um, so it's it's really, I, I find it helps me keep track of zillions of things, um, far more than I, I would have if I had to go to them individually. Right, right. So, you know, everybody was, seemed like everybody was using the Google Reader. Um, I migrated to Feedly um, as my reader. 
Um, do you happen to know how that compares to 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 say Feedly? I did try Feedly for a couple of years, although admittedly it was a cut uh, a long while back. So Feedly may have progressed since then, but. I found that inner reader just had a lot more uh, power tools, so to speak. Um, you know, it just felt a bit more like um, if I'm talking emotion, it's kind of felt like it was a lot uh, kind of humming under the hood. You know, it, okay. very quick, very responsive, um, easy to also go through things very quickly. Uh-huh. Okay. So inner reader and... Um... Is that a free um, app? I guess you would call it, or is it? Is there is there a fee involved? Uh, it is a subscription, but uh, my understanding is it's free as well. It's got a free level, so okay. I guess they call those premium kind of. Right. Um, do you know? Honestly, you, it's. Uh, do you know what you get out of your paid version? Uh, well, uh, it's it's sort of an increased number of uh, feeds of filters and rules. You're you're let you know you may be uh, limited uh, to maybe like three rules. It's, uh, and I'm not quoting their page, so I right. might be off. But uh, you know, uh, basically, things that are more computationally expensive uh, are kind of saved more and more for the, uh, the paying people. So a lot of people are, so for some reason, abandon reading blogs and, and RSS feeders. Um, you still find them valuable. Are there are there particular blogs that you would use as an example of of someone that you of a place or resource that you were using this inner reader for? What 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 are some of your favorite blogs? Uh well, I uh, <laughs> uh, your website is on there. Tools as okay. is cool tools. Um, life hacker, um, okay. and uh, gosh, I could go on for quite a while, but um, uh, I also use it to to uh monitor YouTube actually, uh, because YouTube still offers RSS feeds, which is kind of amazing <laughs> considering everything else. So but you subscribe to a YouTube channel through an RSS feed. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's interesting. I never thought about that. Yeah. You can subscribe to a YouTube channel with an RSS feed and see it in your reader. Wow, that's interesting. And how is that better than subscribing to them directly through YouTube? Well, I usually do that too, just so that, um, you know, the algorithm can kind of learn the kind of things I like, uh, just for better recommendations. But honestly, overall, I'm not a real big fan of algorithms telling me what I should see. I kind of want to be a little bit more completist. And right. so for me, RSS feeds let me pick uh, on my own what I find is interesting uh, rather than having kind of a half-baked guess that isn't always accurate. Maybe we're talking about something different because when I subscribe to the channels in YouTube on YouTube, they just show up under my subscription and I can, they can show me which ones have new things posted and mm -hmm. I see those they're not, it's not really algorithmically determined. Well, I understand what you're saying because yeah, the subscriptions page on YouTube, if right. you go there, it is that listed. Um, I suppose I kind of just consider it easier to have everything all in one place, to be honest with you. That's uh, you know, I kind of know that if I 
hit this one play. Yeah. 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 No. So uh, kind of easier to no. Pretty um, much. So Mike, tell me about your fourth tool that you like to share. Uh, sure. And um, oh, uh, just as a side note with regards to inner reader and um this is just so that I don't forget it. But uh, one of the things I thought was kind of uh, clever of them is they created a way where you can get your uh, email newsletters forwarded into InnerReader. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they've got give you a certain address that you can uh, have them appear to. Uh, and again, that kind of idea of having it all in one place. But I also kind of have to applaud the fact that they're uh, they're trying to innovate. They're kind of thinking about like, what can we take forward in this space? And, okay. Uh, that's kind of, very, that's very admirable. So they're, they're innovating, still innovating in this space. Mm-hmm. And you can have your newsletters forwarded there. That's also very interesting. So I, I definitely have to check this out. So thank you. No problem. Uh, so yeah, that fourth item, I'll go ahead and uh, share the screen with you. Uh, so bear with me for just a moment. So right now, am I correct in saying you're seeing my uh, my ex- file explorer on yes. Windows? Okay. Uh, and I'm going to, I just want to make sure that I haven't limited it to the uh, Windows Explorer. So are you seeing an image now that came no. up? No. No. Okay. Uh, let me try this again. Then. Uh, is it showing now? Yes. So now I see a yeah a a looks like a screen app from a phone app. Yeah. These are a few screenshots that uh I took from uh the what uh, my fourth choice is. And honestly, this is uh, kind of innovative. It's um, an app called Periodically. And the idea that the author must have had was for those random events that you really can't schedule, uh, trying to help you schedule them on a routine basis. So for example, I um, the crack in between my uh, fridge and my stove uh, gets very, very dusty, but it's... Uh, you know, I may not routinely uh, uh-huh. do it every Saturday or something like that. So what uh, this does is you basically, for a little bit, record every time you do it. And it starts to uh, actually mathematically figure out how often you're doing it. Okay, very clever. Okay, I get it. Huh? So you input how often you tend to do things, and it it will pick up that frequency that periodicity and and that rhythm and then schedule it out ahead saying you normally sweep here every other month and so therefore you haven't done it in the last two months time to do it exactly uh as you can see on the screen it uh has options for what it calls prediction lateness and interval reminders okay i have to admit i haven't uh it does explain it. There we go. So this is where it. Okay. Uh, uh, so uh, predictions are 
uh, the actual prediction date. Yeah. Uh, lateness is when it thinks that you should have done this a day or two ago. And I have to admit, uh, the interval, it says it sends a notification a specific number of days after the last occurrence. So I think that's when you know that it's down to perhaps every 10 days or 30 days or so on. Uh, that that would be the reminder you sure. use. So yeah, so so it's a kind of very sophisticated reminder system that that will try to pick up your rhythms from how you actually do things. W- what are some besides sweeping the crack in between your fridge and stove? What are some of the other examples that you find yourself using this for? Uh, well, uh, w- one thing I, I thought about uh, actually. Uh, it's basically only kind of uh, governed by your imagination or your own personal daily life. You know, if you, uh, until recently I had a cat and, uh, uh, you know, I might've used this for uh, when I clipped his nails, uh, you know, um, or, you know, when we clip our own nails or toenails, uh, anything that we don't normally do on a set schedule, but that might be a sort of a maintenance task that we have to, uh, we know we have to do. Uh, this can kind of help make that a routine. Uh, mm-hmm. And thus, you know, you might not forget about it quite as easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does seem to have a maintenance flavor to it where you are um, you're trying to schedule maintenance type things that, that may not be top of mind. Exactly. I guess you can put uh, all your tax taxes and when those kind of payments are due. Uh yeah, although I, uh, I I think taxes are kind of a little bit more uh, locked in with a certain date, uh, you know, rather than uh, and a certain deadline, rather than um, kind of floating a little bit ambiguously out there. Uh, yeah. That would be my reaction, at least. Uh huh. Yeah, and so uh, this is let's say an Android app, and again, is this a free app is it subscription based is it how does that work uh i have to admit i don't have the answer to that particular question i should have checked it before i came uh-huh. on but but i do if i remember right i think it was pay but it was a slight amount uh yeah. i i don't think it was exorbitant or one time payment you mean just for the app itself rather than a subscription definitely it it definitely was a one shot deal okay this is called periodically. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Periodically. Okay. For things that you do periodically or hope to do periodically. Um, well, that's really great. Um, we can unshare uh, if you don't mind. And, um, you know, now's the time to tell us about um Something you're working on or want to share, have worked on in the past, or something about your own passions that you would like to um, let us know about? Uh, well, uh, I have to admit, when I initially filled out the survey, I just kind of wanted to contribute back to the community because sure. I was, uh, I, you know, I've been following uh, the, the podcast and the blog for quite a while and been sure. a fan of it. Well, thank you. Uh, but yeah, no problem. Uh, I did. When I uh, came on board and uh, uh, realized I was going to do the podcast, I thought now might be the time to actually start up that uh, e-newsletter that I've been thinking about. Uh-huh. Uh, so uh, I it's at thinktrove.org. 
kind of like treasure trove, but I okay. think trove.org. Okay. And, and, and uh, I'm a bit of a there? writer, a bit of a photographer. This is sort of like a, what we used to call blogs, but it's a newsletter version of a blog. Yes. Uh, I'm on Substack. Uh, you know, they're hosting, right. Uh, I'm a bit of a photographer, bit of a writer, and, uh, I'm going to be doing pretty large link dumps. Um, I- I'm all over the internet all the time. So, uh, uh-huh. you know, uh, if you don't have the time to look through all of the internet, but, uh, you'd like some clever stuff. I'm a, I'm probably a good, uh, newsletter to check out. And what is, when you're trolling through the internet, grabbing little goodies, what do you tend to gravitate to? Uh, Kevin, I apologize. We kind of broke up there. Yeah. What was the question? So, so when, when when you were um, trolling through the internet, scouting ahead, looking at all these kinds of things. What kind of things do you find yourself collecting? What Generally, what attracts you? Uh, generally, it's it's things that I uh, are kind of bizarre, but that I never knew before mm-hmm. uh, or or occasionally it's it's cute things i'm a big fan of cats of course uh like like about 90 percent of the human race uh uh i i found out for example the other day that believe it or not humans have stripes uh they're just in a uh a, a range that we can't normally see but i believe our cats can um but uh and there's actually a disease where uh that uh, it's a rare one but uh, where people's stripes actually become in a visible range. I see. Uh, where are my stripes? Like, which direction are my stripes likely going? Uh, well, the the photographs I saw were on the back, um, and th- there are many different patterns. Uh, one was, believe it or not, actually a checkerboard kind of a deal. I am totally skeptical. I'll I'll forward you the links. I know, I I would have been skeptical too, but it's actually pretty darn interesting. Okay, all right. It, definitely outside of our experience, but uh, it, it seems to be legitimate. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I try not to. Uh, I I do try to be skeptical. I'm not one of the uh, eat the onion kind of peoples, <laughs> you know, where you believe it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't believe things easily, but this one, okay. weird enough, is true. Alrighty, well, we'll definitely check it out, and, and we'll maybe check your newsletter of uh, you're calling it Think Trove. Yes, sir. Uh, at .org. Uh, okay. The .com was uh, thirty five hundred dollars. So I... <laughs> it, it doesn't matter because we nobody types them anyway. Yes. Um, well, my thanks. I really appreciate your your taking time to share with us these really un- unconventional and interesting um, tools. Thank you for volunteering and for being a supporter of the site. I really appreciate it. And it's been a lot of fun. And thank you. Same here. I I was glad to have the opportunity to give back a little bit. Sure. We appreciate it. Take care.
Welcome to another issue of the Cool Tools Show and Tell. Our special guest this week is Casper Kelly, no relation. <laughs> hey, Casper, would you like to introduce yourself to our audience? Yes, my name is Casper uh, Kelly, and I'm a writer and director of TV and movies that I guess have sort of a cult weird bent. Um, and I'm a big fan of yours and very honored to be here. It's a real delight to have you. Thank you for volunteering. I really look forward to the um, tools that you're going to share with us. And um, what would you, what's one of your favorite tools that you'd like to tell me about? All right, I have four tools today, and two of them really are life changing for me, but I'm doing those as the last two. So I'm going to start off with some more fun ones. Uh, and the first one is my one physical tool, which are these uh, Chroma Depth uh, 3D glasses which I don't know if you've ever played around with these, but they're they're different than the conventional 3D of red and blue and that um, it's color-based. So warmer colors like yellow pop out crazy and then cooler colors like blue are uh, in the background. Okay. And it, it has more dimensionality. I mean, it's less flexibility than a 3D glasses, but it has a great, it just works so great. And you can paint an oil painting and it becomes 3D if you you know know what you're doing. Okay. So I'm playing so, around with digital art doing this. Yeah. So you're holding up to your eyes a cardboard pair of glasses that have some, you know, film with clear film in it. And um, oh, is the fact that they're made out of cardboard is that significant versus just like a regular plastic frame? No, I I, uh, I got these from my friend. Um, I think it's just for mass production purposes. Okay. Just, I got this from my friend Shane Morton, who he does a haunted house and gives it to everybody who enters the haunted house. I see. So the walls are 3D. And you say it's 3D. Um, I mean, you could say clear glasses. You look into the world, there's 3D. Um, what? There's some tinting going on, but but is it actually making 3D out of something that's normally 2D? I'm a little confused. Can you yes. explain that? Uh, it, um, yes, it, it, um, it can take a flat painting and the warmer colors like yellow and red will, it pushes how close it feels to you. And then the cooler colors like blue, it recedes it. And it's quite drastic. Like I was at a theater and uh, looked at some stuff and it, the, the yellow stuff looked like 10 feet closer to me than mm. the other stuff. I, I don't. It's interesting. I don't know how it works, but it, it's interesting that it it creates that illusion, you know. Right. Um, so, but so if something was painted where it was blue and close, and the far was yellow, then it w wouldn't really work. Then it would. It would probably just look odd to you, of like uh, uh, where all the dimensionality is reversed right. and right. and just look weird. Yes. <laughs> so, so it just somehow assumes that warmer colors will be closer than distant things yes it i guess that's the the limitation when you're making art for it that to or the the uh to take advantage of okay and and uh tell me again what they're called they're called chroma depth chroma depth yeah so chroma the color depth and yeah. um and it's but when you when you hold up if you were to look at a clear white piece of paper would you see a tint I'm going to do it right now and see. No, it doesn't change the colors at all. 
uh, it just changes changes the illusion of how close they feel. Wow, that is really amazing. I've never heard of that. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, and so these are things you can presumably find on um, Amazon these days. Yes. And uh, the, on here, it says 3dglassesonline.com sells them as well. But okay. it's kind of fun because I could do a painting project and try to do something that that uh, has dimensionality when I put this put the glasses on. I guess you would have to wear the glasses while you're painting to kind of. <laughs> you know, that's a good way. That's a smart idea. Yes. Right. Yes. <laughs> okay. Just so you know what was working, what wasn't. Um Chroma depth. Okay. Well, that's something I didn't know about. Well, thanks for that. So um, what would be a second tool, Casey, Casper, that you would um, suggest? Okay. The next one, you may be, I list, I'm a regular listener and I don't think you, maybe you get this a lot, but it's an AI art uh, site called mage.space. And I like them because um, they don't uh, worry about Keyword, a lot of um, other, uh, like Dolly, a lot of other AI art places like Dolly have a lot of concern about, uh, for example, gore or mm -hmm. R-rated stuff. But as a filmmaker and just someone who is interested in images, cinematic images, I want to just let my dark heart run free. So this is a site that lets you basically do whatever. And uh, I don't know how in deep you are with AI art, but it also lets you import other models, which are sort of a, a training set. Mm -hmm. And it also lets you import other LORAs and other textual inversions, which are just sort of, they're little, little training sets that are specific, like um, mid-century modern architecture could be one mm, or, okay. or a certain hairstyle. Uh, so it'll help the image nail that look. Right. Um, so this, uh, maybe we can just unpack some of that a little bit. So m people might be familiar with Dolly or Mid Journey or one of those um, now um, older, older ones. Um, you, you say you can import um, a model. When you're importing a model, what does that actually look like? I mean, it's a um, it's a file that you are just, is it a plugin? What, what, what does it mean to import into uh, um, one of these? That's a great question. So um, there's basically two ways you can do it is you can have a model that's a file and a model can be quite large, like six gigs or something. Um, and, or um, there's another website called Civit AI, C-I-V-I-T-A-I.com. And they have tons of models. Um, and you can just put the URL of that model in mage.space and it'll so it'll import it internet to internet. So it's a lot faster than importing it from your own hard right. drive. Okay. So when you are importing a model into um something like Mage, or let's let's imagine that Midjourney could import a model. What the what is the advantage that you get from doing that? So there's basically sort of the basic models, which are uh, I guess uh, well there's different ones, but the ones the pup the uh, what open source ones that I use are basically Stable Diffusion 1.5, and then Stable Diffusion XL are the main ones. So you can use those, which 
are generalists and know a little of everything. But uh, models are sort of specialists that are trained on uh, a specific type of art or a specific type of imagery so that you can dial in the look you want uh, more specifically. Okay. Uh, I just want to add, just as a side note, that it just shows I have no predictive power of the future because I would have guessed that being able to do this art and writing and driving a car would be like the last things mm -hmm. AI would be able to do. I would thought it would be making our beds and dusting our houses. And yeah, we don't have that. And somehow it's making amazing art and it's, it's yeah. very yeah. interesting. It is. And so going, going back then to, so um, you were importing a model because there's maybe more specific kind of knowledge about like, it can be, um, it might be, can you give me an example of how you might have used one of these imported models recently? Um, absolutely. Um, well, one that you'll see plentiful of on the internet is like some models are trained mostly on photography, while others are trained mostly on anime. So the, if you want to make anime, the anime model will probably work better for you. Um, okay. because that's what it's trained on and sort of right. specialized in. Right. So Mage, is that more anime oriented? No, Mage, no. Mage is really just a, uh, because these things take a lot of time to render. So you can download this stuff and render it on your own computer, but it'll take a long time. So Mage is basically just a user interface, a web interface that allows you to use their uh, machines to render it, um, which is a lot faster. But I wouldn't say it's anime focused. Um, it can do anything, but I, I mean, you know how, how humanity is. So it's it's gonna be a lot of what humanity is obsessed with. So. Sure, right. But it can be um, anything, yeah. So um, I, I use, you know, Midjourney and Dolly mostly, and um, they seem pretty good with, this wide variety of things, but you're saying, well, if you really wanted to do um, anime, you might not be able to get everything you want on mid journey. But it might, it would, if you gave a prompt, it doesn't maybe doesn't give you the refinement that this model might give you. What, what would you, if you're trying to make anime on mid journey, what would you be lacking that this um, arrangement would give you? That's a great question. I think um, I haven't tried to do anime on Midjourney, but with Midjourney, I, I, I feel like it's somewhat developing a house style. Like there is a lot of variety in what you can make it do, but it it's starting to form into a house style. And secondly, there's just a lot of uh, restrictions. Like you can't yeah. say bloody. For example, if I want to do a horror movie poster, I couldn't do something bloody. So uh, that's a limit, but but believe, yeah, Mid Journey is beautiful, and to and to be clear, I think Mid Journey is much easier to get good things out of the box. Uh, this is more; it's sort of like Apple to Linux. Mage.space, not quite, but Mage.space gives you more tools, but it's going to take more work to get what you want, right? Uh, probably, right? Okay, so. Um... So if you had special needs, then maybe you you would let's say you were into horror film. You get the you get the model that's got a lot of blood in it. 
and you imported it in. What were some of the other things you mentioned? You mentioned the Laurel. What's the Laurel? Or a Laura, yeah, a, a model is sort of the big six gig. Well, maybe I should back up a little more because it's the weirdest thing to me in the world. Is basically, uh, they feed all these images to a machine to an algorithm, a learning model that is tagged. So if it's an image of uh, a football player, it'll say, uh, you know, guy, foot uh, quarterback for, you know, Detroit throwing a football, et cetera. So it feeds in millions of images. And um, the fascinating thing to me is you don't, no one has told the machine, well, when light is shining on someone, the glasses will have a reflection and there'll be uh, a shadow on the face of the rims of the glass. It just it create it just figures out the patterns itself and then can recreate it. I, I I guess I probably went on a tangent there, but I'm sorry. What was your question again, Kevin? I went on an ADHD tangent. Oh, what, what's Alora? Oh, Alora. Yes, yeah, sorry. Alora is basically a smaller, more efficient, uh, specific tool. Um, rather than doing a whole, you could do a whole model of mid-century architecture. But that may not be necessary. It's a smaller model that's maybe a gig or a half gig to just uh, that you use in conjunction with a model um, to uh, refine it. And what would be an example of the way you might use a LoRa? Okay, uh, like if you and they, there's a bunch of them on uh, Civit AI and Mage.space, but a, an example would be. Uh, if you wanted to do something with a specific celebrity or or like a, spe a specific type of hairstyle or um, a type of architecture uh, or an artist style, for example, um, uh, if you wanted to do something in uh, like a, a, the style of a Mad Magazine cover from the 80s, there might be a Laura that is 1980s Mad Magazine covers and it's trained just on that. So. So that'll help you. Or a good one is uh, like if you if you like a stormtrooper uniform. The generic models usually will do an okay job, but not great. But if you use the Laura, it'll look exactly like a stormtrooper uniform. Oh, if that's what I, you want. Interesting. So it can he and well, that's interesting to see how that even works. But you're saying that is something that you stick up. That is more like a plug-in to yes, to and you can use multiple ones. Or a filter. Use four or five as well. Yeah. It's kind of like a filter almost. And so yes. um, that's interesting. And are people selling these Loras now at this point? Not that I've seen. I think it's still sort of a free uh, uh, thing that people are making for fun and exchanging. Although I actually do believe Mage.space um, for the models, if you submit a model, I believe you get a, some kind of royalty or residual yeah. for people who use the model. I mean, I remember there was a, a prompt marketing place, uh, marketplace where people were buying, selling prompts. So I would have to imagine that they're buying, selling Loras. What was the third one you mentioned? You said there's models, there's Loras, and then there was something else. Oh yeah, textual inversions, which are simply a uh, even smaller than a Lora. They're like hundreds of megs or ten, you know. And they were invented before Laura's um, as a way to dial in um, uh, art. But Laura's are probably better and they were invented after. But you can still, there are still textual inversions around that could be useful.
And that's the same kind of thing where you load it into your model in some fashion. Yes. And then in the prompt, it'll say, it'll have the name of the Laura. It'll automatically put in the name of the Laura and the keyword that sort of triggers the Laura to okay. work. Interesting. Um, yeah. Okay. So, um, Oh, and one last thing is the uh, mage.space also does short videos as well. It can produce videos from 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 a prompt. Yes. And um, I've lost track, but is this was was mage what you were suggesting as a cool tool? Yes. And um is it like a uh open source uh thing is or is it um a subscription or what's the economics? Oh yeah, it is a subscription. I think you can do a little bit for free and then for $15 a month, you can do unlimited art as okay. much as you want. And then for $30 a month, that's when you can import Laura's and, and textual inversions. They have plenty of Laura's already, but if you want to import some other ones, uh, uh, for $30, you can. And, and one other quick thing I want to say is I've even hired on Fiverr uh someone to teach me how to make my own Laura's like there's just weird like a weird artist I like and I don't want to rip them off but just for my own fun I would like if there are artists that died 50 years ago I'd like to imagine yeah. what it would be like if they were doing contemporary stuff so it's and, fun and to, were you know. able to find someone to do that for you yes yes and um what's involved in that where you would say well here's here's 120 images that I found by the artist yeah, how them... did you know? That's about the right number. Right. It's 120, <laughs> and then he tagged it for me. He, you have to tag it, which means basically describe it rather thoroughly, so the computer, the whatever the algorithm right. can. Yeah. So, I wonder if he would use the describe function in Midjourney because that's very good at at generating a description from. Oh, the that's end. interesting. I wonder if he did because that's probably it, it wasn't very expensive. So I wonder if he did automate it. Yeah, well, I, that's the first thing I would do is uh, feed all the <laughs> mid-journey. They give you four different descriptions for each one. Um, so, uh, so, the, so he did. He describes them, and then he produces a a Laura or a model for you. Yeah, he can do either, but in that case, it was a Laura, okay. and it was this. I was interested in this old magazine, Mad Magazine artist named Will Elder who mm -hmm. did drew mad magazine back when it was a comic book. And I just love his style. So I was curious. Yeah. So. And um, <laughs> did it work? Yes. Yes, it does. It's crazy. Um, yeah. It's so fun. And, I, and I, as an artist myself, I have conflicted opinions about yeah. it, but it, it it's just a fun hobby. It relaxes me. And how many Facebook. <laughs> yeah. And how many people are, um, how many artists are doing their own work? that way oh that's a good question i i only know of a i'm sure there are many but i only know of a handful on instagram that i follow um like there's one called nice aunties um that and they're really taking it they're taking advantage of it to taking advantage of the glitchiness of it to create things that are very odd and unsettling um but very interesting and and in this case they could very well, you know, claim authorship without any hesitation, right? Well, that's interesting too. I, I, I feel like they should be able to, but I, I, that's a whole sticky thing. And I guess a judge yeah. recently said you can't. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
But then again, how would you know if you? No, I, I, you I think. A, yeah. No, I think. I think actually, when humans, I think what you can is assign the copyright to a non-human, but I think the humans can claim copyright to it. Okay. What 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 hasn't happened is he hasn't. You can't assign the copyright to the to the AI or to the non-human. Okay. Um, but yeah, um, that's really that's really cool. I like the idea of um, of developing Laura on your own work. Yes, um, there are people on Fiverr that can help you because honestly, Kevin, um, it's not easy yet. There hasn't yet been a lot of people interested in making it user friendly for non hardcore hobbyists. Yeah. Uh, that hasn't come yet, weirdly. So I tried to learn it myself, and I'm like, I don't, e I can't even find a place to, like, you know, how to make a Laura Reddit, and it's like I can't find anything that I can understand, you know. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, maybe this is people here listening can can help make that happen. Yes. Um, so, Casper, that's really great. So, um, Mage and then Laura's, um, and using Fiverr to generate. A lawyer what's what's the kind of keywords that you would use to search for the right person oh on uh well i used um uh making a laura but i uh there's apparently it's very different this is so in the weeds but making a one for stable diffusion 1.5 is very different than making a laura for stable diffusion xl okay and i chose xl because it's much more uh high def okay so you have to but that's there's less of those because that's new. Yeah. All righty. Okay. Well, thanks. So tell me your second or your third. Your third. Um... All right. The third one. Now I'm on the yeah. two life changing ones. This first one might sound silly. The other one, the last one is the is why I wanted to do this podcast, besides the fact that I love it. Yeah. Um, so the next one is tinyhabits.org. And uh, uh, I should double check that and make sure that's right. But it's this uh, Professor B.J. Fogg yeah. who studies habits. At, and he Stanford. offers, what's yeah. that? He's at Stanford, I believe. Yes. And yeah. he offers a free class that's run by volunteers on the program of, of creating habits. Um, and I, using the old odd couple as, uh, as, a, as a, a paradigm of, Oscars and Felixes. I'm definitely an Oscar where I just don't feel like I have good willpower. So yeah. I, uh, so I, I have enjoyed it. And here's the kind of silly part is he talked, uh, BJ Fogg talked about a specific habit he started of, uh, let me back up actually, a habit needs a trigger. Uh, then to be, it needs to be very simple. Uh, and then it needs a small reward. Mm. And that's, you need a trigger to remind you to do it and then you need to do it. And then it, it needs to be very easy to do. So there's no resistance and then a small reward. So the one, one he does is uh, every time he goes to the bathroom, when he comes out of the bathroom, he'll do pushups. Um, and then when he's done with the pushups go, yay. And it just very quickly became a habit. So I decided to do that, but instead of pushups, I got um, these weights so I lift weights and um, it worked so well that I've had to keep buying more weights because I don't want to sit there doing 50 reps. You know, I have to get a heavier weight. Yeah. And it also had the unintended consequence because I was doing it for my arms and stuff. My back is a lot stronger 
and my posture is better and my I have more confidence. It's the craziest thing. So I that really changed me. So and it's so easy. I, like I just it's automatic now. I'm just daydreaming while I'm doing right. it. I don't even think about it. Right. Uh, so I'm a big but you can the class will help you design the habits for you that work for you. And it's called Tiny Habits. Yeah, I'm going to double check that right now. I think it's tinyhabits.org. But that really changed my physicality. In in in, in that same space, did you happen to read Atomic Habits? Yes, they are very similar, um, and I'm fans of both of them. But this one is kind of cool because it's got a free class run by a human being that you can talk to. Um, so yeah, I see. is 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 the advice and program very similar between the the book and the class? Yes. And it's not really a secret. It's very public. And it's similar to Atomic Habits as well. Um, but it has been good for me. Yes. <laughs> okay, great. Tiny Habits, a free course online. That's really great. Yes. Casper, um, what's your fourth? Uh, okay. This one I've known about for probably two years, but it just sounded so ridiculous. But I had a career coach that said I should try it. And it's called Focusmate dot com and um it's for procrastinators um which i don't think of you as one but i bet you some listeners are uh, and uh basically it's free as well um and you book a session and it pairs you with a random person in the world on zoom or some their own format and you meet with them and then you go for an hour say and I'll say, you know, hello, Kevin, what are you working on today? Well, I've got to write this uh, article. What are you working on? I've got to, I need to clean my house. I need to dust my house. And then I need to do this other thing. Okay, great. So we're going to leave our cameras on so we can see each other, but we're going to mute ourselves. And then we're going to work for an hour. And then after that, we're going to check in and see how we did. And it doesn't sound like it would work, but it works miraculously. There's and, and they say there's a lot of research behind it where there's something in your lizard brain where if you tell a face, I'm going to do this, and the face is there the whole hour, you just naturally are going to do it. Right. it. It helps you yeah. a lot. And it was really worked well for me. Huge. So you're, it's like some accountability in a kind of a weird way. Yes, but in a... But not, the usual accountability is like, oh, you're going to get in trouble or something. But this is, it's not negative. It 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 just works. I don't, and also it had a, another thing where it's just, it gives me faith in humanity, the people I'm meeting. Like, it's crazy. It's like a student in China. I met a pastor in Austria who was working on his sermon. And are just, are people in student, people in Boston or just all yeah. over the world. Or, you know, um, someone in Australia wants to clean their house. And right. it's fun that way, too, because it's all people that are ambitious and procrastinate a little uh -huh. and want to get things done. But, I, I mean, it, I, I thought there's a little bit of a paradox where, okay, I'm procrastinating. So I'll just talk to some random stranger for an hour. That will cure it. Um. <laughs> that has not happened. It's I've gotten a little chatty, but basically culturally, the, the talk is one minute, two minute tops. And then you okay. get to work. But yes, there are people I've wanted to talk to. <laughs> but the idea is that there is some accountability. There's this other person who you've made a promise to. Basically, you've promised to somebody, I promise to work on this. And, you know, and then you have to face up to them. 
Yes. But the, I can't say it enough is I've had other tricks like that, but this one feels so effortless. I don't feel resistance anymore. So mm-hmm. I don't know why it works so well. I don't, mm-hmm. but because I've, I've done that with friends of like, I'm going to give you a script tomorrow and it's still hard, but this isn't yeah. as hard. I don't know. And, but, but also it sounds like you have to do something with less than an hour long. You can uh, book for a half hour, hour, an hour and a half, but there are people that chain one after another. So they're like, okay, I've got to run to my next one, but good talking, you know, talking to you. And, and also economically you get three free a week Mm -hmm. um, and you don't even have to put in a credit card so you can try it. Uh, But then for $10 a month, you get unlimited. And Mm -hmm. after the very first meeting, I signed up for unlimited. (laughs) That's how much I liked it. It really helped me a lot. (laughs) That sounds really great. And that's, again, the name of that is uh, called what? Focus mate. Focus me. Mate. Mate. Focus mate. Yeah. All right. Focus mate. Help you focus. Yes. Wow. Um, okay. Well, that's fantastic. Four great tools I didn't know about. Thank you so much. That's a real treat to have ones I didn't know anything about. So, um, so Casper, what's something you want to share? Do you have a, a passion project or, or a mission or cause you're working on or something you want to share with our audience? Um, I probably should. I, I'm just um, writing movies and TV shows as much as I can because I just love it. And I just because I, I know you can relate to this. I just want to make as many things as I can. I just yeah. love it. I love making things. Um, uh, so I'm just happily doing that. And probably not. I'm probably not supposed to talk about any of it till it comes out. But yes, I'm happy. And fo- thanks to Focus Made, I'm working on these things. <laughs> I, I noticed a couple of friends who are screenwriters and stuff who've written many things that they have had, that w- which they have sold and none of them have been made. Are yes. you been, have you been lucky to actually work on something that has been finished? Yes. I've been very lucky that most things I've done have gotten made. Um, and uh, for a long time, I worked at this network called adult swim. Yeah. Um, and I was an employee and I just made things and it, it was sort of like the old studio system, which I would argue might be better for a lot of artists where you're, you're hired as a screenwriter and they just work your ass off writing one thing after another, but they're going to all get made because that's the business that they're not paying you to not do that. Right. So, and also it's a, it's a reliable check too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I love that. And so I've gotten a lot of stuff made. Um, probably the the two best known are this viral video. Uh, it's almost nine years old now called Too Many Cooks. And then I... Uh, <laughs> you were involved with that? Yeah, I made that's me. Yeah, I made that. <laughs> oh, you know about it. That makes me happy. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. And okay. I and then there's a movie called Mandy, a Nicolas Cage movie that I did the uh, Cheddar Goblin sequence, and uh, the, the what sequence? Uh, there's a a commercial for mac and cheese with a mascot called the Cheddar Goblin. If you inside, Google that, there's a lot of inside the, inside the movie. Yes, yes. Um, and then just recently, I did some Star Trek shorts, so I'm getting to do a lot of fun stuff. Um, and is are are these generally have a comedic uh, aspect to it? Um, often, but I'm part of the reason I went freelance 
um, and didn't and left Adult Swim, although I still do a lot of work with them, was to for, venture further into uh, drama and uh, other things that are uh, not necessarily comedic. However, Kevin, I have to confess that I, I'm one of those people that I'll write something and I'm opening up a vein and revealing my pain and people will go, that's so funny. So I think it's probably built in that my point of view must be comedic, even though what I think I'm doing is very sad in person. Yeah, yeah I, have, I have the opposite thing. It's, uh, it's hard for me to be funny. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Like the, 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 the typical advice throughout the universe is when you do a talk, the first thing you do is you tell a joke. I just, it's, I'm incapable of it. That's so, fascinating. Yeah. Um, so, uh, well, it hasn't and, stopped you because I've spent many hours listening to you, though. So. Yeah, well, good. Thanks. That's, that's a relief to hear. Um, the things, and, and so you, you, you're writing a lot. And is there, um, do you have a website that people can, where you list what you've worked on if people yes. want to track it down? It's, uh, it's just, it's, uh, pretty minimalist right now, but I am read. I'm working with a designer to redo that, but it's uh, casperkelly.com. Mm -hmm. You can read, yeah, you can see everything I've done. I, I wrote a book of short stories that's for sale. So okay. yeah, there's links to everything. And and um, I think that the center of the culture has moved away from text and books to the moving image as the center of the culture, you know, movies, YouTube, mm -hmm. TikTok. Are, are you doing much yourself with um, actually doing the whole thing of producing it and making it visible? I mean, the tools seem to allow us that instead of needing a whole team, a whole company to take some ideas and make them into a moving image, we can do that with tools and increasingly AI. Are you fooling around with that in any way? Are you tempted to try to do things solo? Uh, I definitely am interested in it. And I definitely, as a hobbyist, play around with it. Most of the stuff I've done, all the stuff I've done professionally has been with a team and collaboratively, which is wonderful. But I do think, although I have a lot of qualms about AI, I think it will be interesting when one person can make a Pixar level animated feature because it it'll allow for very weird individual idiosyncratic yeah. movies that right. right now don't make economic sense. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Or right. And and there'll be, you know, 99% of it will be total crap, but there'll be 1% genius that could never occur any other way. Yes. Um, and we're seeing glimmers of that with little, little tiny short films and stuff um, that are interesting. Um, yes. Have you done any graphic novels? Uh, well, I used to do, um, a weekly cartoon strip that was actually featured in Wired back in the day. Um, I did an early, and a, it was an early online comic, but it was also in weekly newspapers back when those were a thing. Uh, but, and I also recently, what was, what was the name of, what was the name of that? It was called uh, fried society. Um, okay. And I, the, I think New Gingrich was on the cover. I remember that. Uh, so that you can now guess the year of that. Um, and uh, I just recently wrote a comic book for Star Trek. So I'm interested. 
I think you're the same way. I'm just interested in a, my career would probably be farther if I focused on one thing, but <laughs> I like to do a lot of things. That's just how I like to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we did a graphic novel. I don't know if you know about it, called The Silver Cord. Oh, no, I don't know about it. I'm writing it down right now. Yes, Silver Cord. It was made with some people from Pixar and ILM. Oh, wow. It took uh, 11 years. It was humongous, I don't know, 500 pages. Oh, my gosh. It was way too big, way too ambitious. It was a Kickstarter um, thing. It's still on Amazon, The Silver Cord. And um, it's about robots and angels and AI and drones, but that was done 11 years ago. So oh, my was, God. So it was very prescient. Yet it again. was very prescient, but everything is caught up. It was about what happens if uh, the these uh, robots get souls, and but they're, they're souls from the dark side instead of the good side. And so anyway... Um, there's a half angel, half human, uh, who's the hero. Um, and if I'm correct, you did a, uh, forgive me if I'm way off, did, you did a book about uh, vanishing Japan, right? Vanishing Asia. Vanishing Asia, yes. That's another huge book. So that's, that's right, right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Lots of, the way, there. yeah, way, way too big. My first written book was way too big. <laughs> um, so, um, well, it's been a delight. Casper, thank you so much for volunteering for this. And you had told us some tools we didn't know about, which I really appreciate. Um, oh, yes. And thank you. I'm a big fan. And I, one last thing I got to say is I'm a, such a big fan of your, uh, someone who works with you, Claudia Dawson. And her. Okay. I wrote something for Phantom Kangaroo. And I think that uh, magazine is great, too. It is. And I think she may be listening right now. So she's great. <laughs> Okay, well, thanks, Casper. All right, take care. This year, our Cool Tools blog will be 20 years old, which means we've been posting something new every day for 20 years. It's only possible because of the very engaged and knowledgeable readers and listeners like yourself. You've kept this place going, and we are very grateful for you. With this idea of 20 years in mind, um, we decided to try an experiment this year, and I'm inviting our guests and listeners to join me on our Cool Tool Show and Tell, which is the program that you're listening to right now. So if you feel you'd make a good guest on this podcast and have four uncommon tools that you'd like to share with us... Um, Please sign up on our form on the website, and we'll see about inviting you. You must be comfortable taking on, talking on a video, and um, you need to have some tools that you can show. Um, we record on, as you know, on Zoom. We do a YouTube version, a visual video version of it, as well as an audible version. Fill out the form if you're interested, and um, list your full four cool tools and we'll see if there's a good fit the applications aren't guaranteed in any way um and we're looking at tools that are new to us and appropriate tools and um whether the times will work for you so um we're really interested in hearing from people all over the world not just in the u.s although the tools have to be available online easily available online and um if you are a long-time listener, you kind of know what 
the definition of our tools are they're very broad. They can be anything that's handy from something in the kitchen to something used to travel to a workshop to something professional that we may not know about. We're really interested in things that we don't know anything about. So um, this is an open invitation. We'll give it a try. If you think you make a good guess for this podcast, um, fill out the form. There'll be a link somewhere on our website. Um, and we look forward to, to chatting with you. Thank you.